Welcome to Right to Life and Michigan's Life Beat. I am your host today, as always, seemingly Chris Gast. Joining us today is Grace Hemmeke and making her return to the podcast, Anna, no longer Visser, Anna Plymer. Welcome, ladies. Thank and congratulations, you. Anna. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, today, at the request of one of our most loyal podcast fans. I wonder who it could be. I wonder who it could be. It's not one of us in the room. so. Uh, but we're going to address the question. Since a lot of people have been kind of wondering, and there have been maybe some misconceptions out there, you know, what does the pro-life movement do in the wake of Proposal 3 in Michigan? And today, we're just kind of address really the kind of mindset that apparently some people have that, well, because we can't actually pass legislation um, in the near term, which isn't entirely true, but that we shouldn't, yeah, that's it. We just shouldn't do anything and just blithely accept it and, and move on. Um, I've only heard one person say that, but uh, bad, wrong, untrue. <laughs> Uh, and I'm sure that the pro-life movement in Michigan went through similar uh, thoughts and concerns back in 1973 on January 23rd, the day after Roe versus Wade was handed down and all that hard work they put into getting the, um, getting, uh, protecting our old law in the books uh, was just wiped away by a bunch of judges. I'm sure they felt kind of you know, fatalistic about that, but the response of Right to Life Michigan was not to just give up. It was, no, we're going to overturn Roe versus Wade, and it took 49 years, but uh, that mission was accomplished. So now we have a, a new mission, ladies, but it's the same mission. Has our mission statement changed at all? Not, no. Nope. <laughs> That's one thing that hasn't changed. So, you know, we should say that obviously in the result, uh, as a result of Proposal 3 in the wake of it, we are examining, you know, we're going to have to rethink about how we do certain things and go about our goals. But uh, one thing, you know, no one's mentioned the mission statement because the mission remains. Stop abortion, you know, uh, prevent euthanasia and assisted suicide from coming here to Michigan. Yes. Yes. Now, along those lines, we should just mention quickly that uh, perhaps the assisted suicide folks will be a little bit emboldened by the whole Proposal 3 thing. And I have heard that uh, the pro-euthanasia group Compassion and Choices has been looking for a lobbyist in Michigan. Um, but So that's one area that Proposal 3 doesn't impact. Uh, in terms of our life mission that we are going to have to continue fighting. Uh, you know, it was encouraging after 98 when Michigan voters rejected it, it went away, but we always knew it might come back. So it did briefly a couple of years ago, they introduced a bill, didn't go anywhere. Um, that might be the case now too, but with a Democratic majority that's generally in favor of killing people of all ages for any reasons, uh, that may be something we have to address. But um, what I do think, you... I think it's encouraging that in 2022, there was no um, expansion of assisted suicide in the U.S. And what it, whenever it got proposed, it was shot down, even in California. They didn't expand. 
So that is encouraging. But also, you never know in Michigan. And we're very close to Canada, who is a little Mm -hmm. kooky. Right. Uh, So maybe uh, before we get into things that might change, I mean, let's talk about some things in Michigan that won't change because of Proposal 3. I mean, first of all, obviously, we're still here. Life beats still on the air. Uh, you know, we're still right to let RTL.org is still up. All of our social media is still there. Um, we still have a legislative office. We still have a communications department. We still have all these things. We're not going anywhere as an organization because, again, the mission of saving lives is still there. Um, the mission isn't changing. Um, the fact that, led, you know, that we still deal with legislation isn't changing, but... Um, it has to be a little bit different focus, won't it? Yeah, this is not really a legislative battle right now because an election is just, a, it shows what the culture thinks and it's pretty obvious we have to focus way more on education and reaching out to people and making more friends and showing the reality of abortion than just passing legislation which can, but I don't know, doesn't largely impact cultural thought. I mean, if Roe v. Wade was overturned and the immediate reaction of a lot of people was, this is horrible. Mm -hmm. So they reacted strongly against it. So that piece of legislation, while super important and awesome, didn't change the nation to becoming a pro-life nation. I mean, we see that some states are more pro-life, but in Michigan. Well, yeah, you could maybe compare it to Texas where their culture has changed to be more pro-life. So therefore they were, it was important that they pass pro-life laws and legislation. They were able to do that and it was effective and it has stayed in place because their culture has changed. Mm -hmm. And they're not just a bunch of pro-abortion people in Texas that hate their laws. So because of Proposal 3, we can't pass big, impactful legislation on abortion specifically in Michigan. However, there's still lots of laws on the books that we're going to have to defend in the legislature and in courts. Um, So that's going to be a thing. There's still going to be some interesting things that we can do that you may not think of and we might not even thought of yet that can skirt around the edges of Proposal 3. But until we get rid of Proposal 3 which isn't going to happen tomorrow. Or uh, next year. Or next year, probably. It's going to be a very difficult thing. And more important than flipping your local legislator right now is flipping your local town members uh, who haven't thought a lot about abortion. uh, And now the Proposal 3 is passed and we're going to have opportunities to talk about it because the other side is going to start passing pro-abortion legislation that they said wouldn't happen Mm -hmm. in the wake of Proposal 3. You're going to have to start talking about those topics with your neighbors more. And uh, so so legislation is still going to be something that we're dealing with, but uh, instead of us being on offense now, we're going to be on defense for a while until we have a significant shift in public opinion to go back and revisit Proposal 3. Um, legislatively. Legislatively. I, mean, see, I think we should be on offense culturally and educationally right, right now. Right. 
and you we should and we have been talking about you know all the changes that proposal three is going to bring about and how you know we were right essentially about what it was meant what it was going to do and what it meant and the other side was totally dishonest um about that and uh hopefully this is our opportunity to again once again show that we are credible and we know what we're doing and we know what we're talking about and the other side is always lying and obfuscating and covering up the truth and never really still to this day wants to stand out there and just say, you know, what they really think about abortion. They're always trying to hide their position and slight themselves to get stuff done in an underhanded way. They're going to be able to do continue to do that unless there is a massive shift in the court of public opinion which could take right. horrible well and by massive shift we mean 10 percent. yeah if we shift 10 percent of michigan then you know they're at, we're at basically 55 and they're at 45. it's not uh, an impossible task obviously overturning roe versus wade and i have to say that you know some people even as lately as like a year or two ago, some people said you're never gonna overturn Roe versus Wade. This is impossible. Mm -hmm. It's just baked into the the cake. You know, just deal with it. And we just didn't accept that. Like, no, we can. It's it's hard. It's difficult. Um, it's not really that complex, though. You just need to do the hard work of, you know, flipping the Senate, flipping justices, and, and all that in elections. People might feel hopeless right now because they realize that maybe that it did take us 50 years to overturn Roe so they're like oh now we have to start all over again it's going to be a lot of work it could take another 50 years but and maybe people are feeling like like that right now like they're they know it could it's mm -hmm. possible and they know it eventually will be done because we're going to put in a lot of hard work but they're probably just realizing that it's kind of like starting all over again right yeah well if you give up then it's gonna never happen right so <laughs> right and uh, i know that we're a culture of instant gratification but that's not how the world actually works um you know the other side you know take for example the other side was shocked with how fast it got to roe versus wade but that just didn't happen overnight it required a lot of moves on their part that were arguably um 60, 70 years in the making, starting with Margaret Sanger and the groundwork she was laying. Uh, anything else that kind of just remains the same? I mean, we're still going to be doing endorsements. Uh, it, you know, having elected officials still is going to matter for a lot of things. I think for um, all of those things, we don't have a solid... We could see changes in some things, and we don't know where we'll, where we're going to see changes. Right. I mean, you could always see changes like, oh, we're going to do endorsements slightly different, but like, right. you know, we're not going to stop doing that. Um, the pregnancy centers are still going to be doing their jobs. Mm -hmm. You know, even in California, where they legislatively and legally and professionally make it extremely difficult for them, they're still operating and doing their work and saving lives. Um, Yes. Sidewalk counseling, all those other parts of the pro-life movement that still exists. We're still going to be educating people and doing all that. Um, before we get into some kind of basic things we can focus on doing as short-term steps, uh, what's going to change? 
obviously we talked about you know legislation are that's going to be a big change in what we're legislating on um but we still have to have a voice there any other changes obviously we need to change um well we always need to change how we're reaching people um yeah i i think probably the biggest changes will just be our educational focus meaning you know the abortion pill is going to be big this year it already has been big so we're going to have to focus on on reaching people on the abortion pill and you know it's going into pharmacies and we'll be focusing on that and focusing probably a lot i would say on parental rights um especially if those get taken away i have a feeling that's going to be a large Mm -hmm. focus of our work yeah definitely um you know Organizationally, there might be changes in terms of how we go about those focuses. Um, obviously, we don't need 40 lobbyists right now, um, but we still need a lobbyist in Lansing. Um, you know, maybe we need more education staff. Maybe we need more help for our local affiliates. Uh, you know, we should always you know remind people Right to Life of, Mich- uh, right to Life of Michigan isn't just the staff in the office here or in Lansing or a couple other places around the state. It's our affiliates and our members, thousands and thousands of them in uh, more than 100 affiliates around the state. Um, you know, what they do as activities, you know, we might need to come up with some better ideas, but they're, you know, they're still going to be out there in their communities, uh, you know, trying to flip their local communities uh, to have more pro-life opinion. Um, yeah, our focuses are going to have to change. Um, let's talk about the media, you know, a bit. That's one thing that we've kind of thought about and talked about. You know, we we thought in Proposal 3 that it's it was crazy enough that we could convince some, get some reporters to see how crazy it is and how ridiculous it is. And that really didn't happen. Most of them just carried water for... I would Proposal not be three. Sub- even even now when some of them like MERS today and you know M Live the other day are just kind of like casually talking about oh parental consent is on the chopping block. Um, I would not be surprised if some of those reporters were on the campaign payroll at that point. Well, some of the neutral experts that they were <laughs> quoting were, they were, you know, so. Um, you cannot tell me it was a coincidence that <laughs> every single reporter, state reporter, national reporter, found no problem with losing parental consent and everything else it's going to do. So, I don't know. You know it's a bit suspicious. And from their standpoint, too, as reporters, they, you know, if they buck the sort of party line, if you will, as individual reporters. I'm sure they hear it from their other colleagues. Or their Uh, editor. There is great pressure. So, you know, obviously we're still going to be getting media calls and handling them, but... Definitely uh, taking a different approach. You know, and let's be honest, we haven't exactly looked at as the media as a bunch of allies or even a neutral party. I mean, we've been aware... You, know, you can just look back and how they handled the Nick Sandman case at the March for Life, how they've reported on the March for Life in the last 50 years. Um, 
clearly the other side has a huge advantage in that. And when it comes to elections, people here on the news, you know, the, the reporters are contradicting our campaign points, even though they're true, and they're boosting the other side's campaign points, which are obviously false. And they're just contradicting those points now, just like nothing happened. Um, you know, then that's going to be a significant challenge and how we handle that and deal with that. It's going to be something we have to look at. Um, what our affiliates are doing, like we talked about educational focuses. I mean, really what's going to change is, you know, how and what we're talking about in terms of education, uh, because that's where the main focus has to be right now. Um, Anything else we want to talk about in terms of before we start to talk about some more practical things that I'm sure most people are more interested in more than the high level stuff? No? Mm. Okay. Practically, <laughs> so what are you going to do about it? Well, you know, educationally, right now, uh, the first thing that we're focused on is with the FDA changing the rules for uh, the abortion pills being distributed now at everyday pharmacies and Walgreens and CVS already saying that we're going to stock abortion pills, um, that's going to be a major focus because, you know, the, the other side, you know, we've been fighting the abortion pills of pro-life movement for 25 plus years now, um, knowing the trajectory this is all going to take. The other side has been pushing it. And now we're getting to the point where they their eventual goal is you could just go into the pharmacy and buy an abortion pill. No questions asked, no follow-up, no care, doesn't matter. It's in the school vending machines. The school nurse can give you it to you, uh, no questions asked. That's where they're moving, and if we don't put a stop to it, then that's what's going to happen, and people are going to be having abortions Here's an interesting thing. So sometimes when people say that um, we talk about abortion statistics and they're like, oh, well, that doesn't include the abortion pill. And, you know, well, yes, it does. There is tracking of that. But if you ever get to the point where you can just sell it without any real interaction with a doctor or whatnot, that is a point where you stop being able to track how many people are actually having abortions. Right. Not that those numbers are perfect anyway, but. So that's a major challenge. So what are we doing about that? Um, we're right now kind of looking into which pharmacies will be offering the abortion pill. Um, one of the challenges is you have, you know, your Walgreens and Rite Aids and CVSs, then you have your grocery stores, and then you have your local pharmacies that may or may not be affiliated with some national groups. Uh, and then you have, as I learned today, uh, you could just mail order stuff from pharmacies. And there's big corporations like, uh, what is it, Express, Medical mm. Express or something, you know, that are attached to these giant insurance conglomerates. And then there's little tiny mail houses. So um, talking to your local pharmacies, contacting them, you know, letting them know that I, we don't, I don't want to subsidize. I don't want to be a customer of a business that's dealing out death. Um, that's going to be a big focus of ours. Uh, right now, we're mostly, you know, looking at what, getting information on who's going to have it before we start to uh, make some noise. But that's going to be a big focus of ours. Mm -hmm. um, fighting against euthanasia is going to be, I think, a big focus legislatively. Um, 
we have, you know, we're going through planning that we do periodically anyway, um, but we're going through that right now and talking with affiliates who are kind of the, you know, our boots on the ground in this organization and what do they see in their communities and doing all that. Um, so that's going to be our focus as an organization right now, besides what we've been talking about on the podcast and social media. Uh, ad nauseum at this point is reminding people that Proposal 3 was not what, what it was sold to be. That's going to be a big key. Um, I think for just a little point to abortion pill and affiliates, you know, if it does roll out to all of these pharmacies, especially Walgreens and CVS, there's basically a Walgreens and CVS on almost mm -hmm. every corner. We have affiliates who have never had an abortion facility within their town. They right. don't know, you know, they've never had to deal with that. So if they do go to most or all or some CVS and Walgreens, that's going to be a shift in how our affiliates, you know, react to that and how they combat that. So that's also going to be something that will change. Yes. And a change for pregnancy centers and yep. sidewalk counseling and all that. Um, mm -hmm. Will abortion, will, and that'll be a big change for the abortion industry. You know, how much longer will Planned Parenthood abortion facilities and independent abortion facilities stay open if, you know, you can just get your abortion pill at CVS? Right. You may not want to. You may not even want the cashier there to know that you're getting well, that Well, and your CVS and your Walgreens, like that's in your local, your right. local town. You, you probably know people. There. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And you have your, your, your friends and neighbors when you're in the store. Yeah. So that's, that's going to be a challenge for the other side. Unless uh, you get it mailed to you from right. there. Which I did not realize the extent of. This this uh, Express Med or whatever company, you know, I is like the tenth biggest company in America. So that's like ridiculous the amount of revenue that they generate, but you don't you don't hear about them um, if you don't use the service. So uh, organizationally, that's kind of what we're focused on in the near term. You know, what can you do as an individual about Proposal Three? Well, I think the first thing is you can't be you can't not do anything. That's just not a acceptable response because there's still in Michigan 30,000 kids every day or every year that are going to be killed by abortion. You know, those numbers may go up now uh, with what our state's doing from policy, but that's been the case in Michigan for 49 years now. And you still have a duty to do something to help protect those innocent lives. So, I mean, the first thing is not getting depressed or feeling paralyzed because I don't know what to do. Um, you know, the second thing is you need to be talking about this issue. And I know it's hard. I know even sometimes when people ask, you know, where do you work? <laughs> you know, there's always the there's always a little fear, even though it really doesn't happen much, that you're going to talk about it and you're, you're going to generate an argument or the person's going to reach a preconceived notion about you. Uh, because or they're going to like spit in your coffee or something. I'm always really <laughs> or they're yeah, or they're going to spit in your spit in your cheeseburger. Um, yeah, so <laughs> people aren't always the best, but that's not true for most interactions you have, and you know that's never changed. Is you have to be talking about it. So how does 
public opinion change. Um, public opinion changes uh, based on what you know your parents say. So if you're a parent talking to your kid about this stuff, especially if you know as a 14 year old in a couple you know, by next year they can get the abortion pill from Rite Aid without you even knowing, that's something that you need to have a conversation about. Um, schools, you know, how we interact with schools and whatnot maybe needs to change and how we reach them. But, uh, you know, in schools, you know, where are you sending your kids to school? What are your local teachers? What's the ro local curriculum have? Um, what about those other support staff in school, like counselors and the school nurse and all that? Um, how, you know, your neighbors, just talking about with your friends, you know, topics come up in politics sometimes. Uh, always, you know, don't be the angry person that no one wants to talk to, but don't be the person that never is too, is too afraid to express a thought uh, because it might be controversial. If you ever don't, maybe debate is not the correct word, but know how to have a conversation about abortion and what you believe we have a great blog series called good debates <laughs> and i think there's three or four and they all go through the different um perspectives that people have of why they are they support abortion and um it's it's a great little series that you can read if you if you don't know why someone might think that way or where they're coming from or how to respond to them i would check it out on our website, rtl.org. Grace is blushing. No. Grace wrote them. Uh, yeah, there's stuff like that on our website. Uh, we have a page about it. There's a short video that explains the basics. There's a, um, we, we sell booklets. There's all types of resources that we have on rtl.org that you can equip yourself to talk about it. So if you don't have an excuse for being too afraid, I don't know the issue. Everything you need is right there and just read a little bit, uh, you know, every week or whatever, or prepare if you're going to have a discussion, and you're going to feel a lot more confident going into it. Um, and but I, I would say also, if you're not like going after the other side, support your side. Like find a local pregnancy resource center and help them out, or get your church to help them out, or yep. volunteer, or donate, or something. Yep, that's the next thing. You know, um, if you're not part of one of our local affiliates, you know. You should be part of it. Now Now is the time, because if we need more educational focus, the more people we have, the more people we can reach through your networks, through your volunteering and, uh, and whatnot. Uh, pregnancy centers, other parts of the pro-life movement, um, you know, 40 Days for Life, all that, you know, that's, there's those opportunities are still gonna be there. Um, and uh, yeah, if, if being too controversial is, is just such a mental block that it's gonna break you into pieces, there are positive things you can just do for the pro-life movement and, and positive messages that you can send that are a great help. Um, those are all things that you should have been doing for the last 49 years and that a lot of people have been doing. Mm -hmm. You know, the reason that we're still here and we got Roe versus Wade done was all the thousands of people that have done that um, who didn't give up or get discouraged in 73 or 92 when it turned out we didn't get Roe versus Wade overturned. Um, you know, the, the sum total effort of all those people in those years is what brought us to today where we can legislate on the issue of abortion uh, in most states, not in Michigan right now. 
uh, not in the near future. Um, as far as, you know, proposal three, talk about that, uh, you know, um, we're going to have opportunities for you besides just, you know, affiliate stuff. We have a, we're, we're having a Michigan March for Life in November to market. Um, so mark your calendars for that. There's still going to be opportunities for you to express your voice and to get more involved and network and have discussions. Um, but I think just kind of as we wrap up here, uh, you know, a lot of people are probably in the question, well, what do we do about this? They're kind of looking for, just like the pro-life movement always has with Roe versus Wade, they're looking for a magic bullet or a switch that they can flip or this really clever strategy um, that they can do to do that. And that's just, that doesn't exist. You know, how do we get proposal three? Well, the other side has spent a century cultivating billionaires mm -hmm. in that network set and uh, influence with media organizations and school. And that what you see is that result is a culmination of a lot of effort that they put in. Roe versus Wade being overturned, a culmination of a lot of effort. And so everything that you do on a daily basis is really important. And you think it it's not that must not be that important because I can't just, you know, make one argument to one person, then proposal three is gone tomorrow, or abortion is gone, or we're gonna overturn these euthanasia laws in other states and Canada and whatnot. Um, you know, it's the consistent day in, day out effort of doing the hard work of having conversations and reaching people on the topic of abortion that are going to make the difference. And so if you're sitting there and you're asking yourself, what can I do about Proposal 3? Uh, the simplest answer is, have you talked about it to anybody today in some form? It doesn't have to always be a conversation can be an email, can be a social media post or whatnot. Uh, but obviously conversation one-to-one -one with people, with your family members, with your kids, with your neighbors, etc., is the most important thing you can do about Proposal 3. It's what we're going to be doing and what we're going to be focused on. What can we do to help you do a better job of doing that? So that's what you can do. Anything else before we, before we go? I think that about covers it. <laughs> Yeah, be, be encouraged because, you know, we're still here um, in a lot of states. You know, a lot of lives are going to be saved. You know, abortion numbers, you know, we don't know exactly what's going to happen, but almost certainly for 2023 and 2022, abortion statistics are going to be going down, meaning we saved more lives and we have more opportunities to do that. Let's go out and make even more opportunities the best that we can. All right, thanks for listening and have a wonderful day. Thank you.